0: Yo, it's Julian on the Brown Note and a review of Sid and Nancy. Because I've been ill and starting a new job. I've just not listened to any new music or watched any new films. Um, But on TV, and I hadn't seen it since probably the late 80s, Sid and Nancy. So Alex Cox, I knew primarily as a presenter of a show called uh, Movie Drone on BBC TV back in the late 80s. Which was an iconic cult show, which was, um, it focused on cult films. Uh, left of centre films stuff that you know non-mainstream cinema it was great a great show he also uh, directed films but um, intermittently um, but he had two back to back classics which is Repo Man in 1984 probably his best film certainly his most iconic film and uh, Sid and Nancy uh, not long after and then he sort of uh, went into a spiral of um, very poorly received films like the um Joe Strummer, starring Straight to Hell and Walker, um, but he's he, the last film he directed, Tombstone Rashomon, was 2017. He's still been making and directing films, not to much attention, um, and never to as much attention as Repo Man or Sid and Nancy since. So it's a story of one of um, Rock's great love affairs, the pre-Kurt Cobain and Courtney love Sid and Nancy. Um, and starring Gary Oldman as Sid Vicious and Chloe Webb as Nancy, what's her surname? I can't. Uh, Nancy Spongeon. Um, and basically, uh, Nancy Spongeon was um, often mischaracterized as a druggie who became this awful human being, but she nearly died in childbirth from asphyxia and um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia she had a very very torturous childhood was very violent and um it's likely that this this near-death experience when she was being born actually had an impact on her brain um and she was um yeah by by her teenage years she had a a laundry list of um, behavioral problems and, and as well as being diagnosed schizophrenic anyway she she fled to uh the 1970s london to meet and hang out with you know the burgeoning british punk scene of which the reigning kings were the sex pistols and hooked up with um sid vicious and they had a tormented love affair for 18 months which resulted in uh nancy Spungen being stabbed in the stomach in the hotel room in the iconic chelsea hotel uh, which had been, you know, a bastion of bad behaviour and rock and roll since the days of Andy Warhol's Starlets, uh, like Nico and Co. and um, Jim Morrison of the Doors, and, a le- and like an endless list of left to centre celebrities, avant-garde celebs, uh, and they hold up there for months uh, and got very, very deep into a herring habit and uh, Sid Vicious was arrested for a murder but it's never been cut and dried as to what happened whether he did it whether he would have ever been found culpable of doing it whether it was an accident or whether one of the two people that were confirmed to have visited the hotel room um, or been in the vicinity dropping off drugs who were also of extremely extremely poor character were the ones that actually did it anyway he was put on bail uh, and lasted a few months on bail in new york uh, awaiting this um, core celeb trial and his mom actually bought him some heroin uh, on his instruction and it killed him so he never went to trial and it's been one of rock's greatest and most romeo and juliet love stories so alex cox has uh, given us one of the definitive rock and roll films and one of the first performances by Gary Oldman, which is a huge thing. So I was fascinated watching this film. The thing that stood out for me the most is how the first half is like a Baz Luhrmann film. I can understand how um, Johnny Rotten or John Lydon was not happy about this film because that whole first half where it's all in the uh, Sex Pistols breaking through in London and other figures on the punk scene is, is cartoonishly Baz Luhrmann it's incredibly over the top and uh, very very cliched uh, and cringe inducing Um, and often very much and and like a Baz Luhrmann often a lot of fun as well the portrayal of John Lydon is bizarre it's a really strange portrayal Um, and it's got a lot of abuse as well Andrew Schofield Uh, and the film's littered with a lot of people from that era and um, the whole thing just changes gradually uh, as um, the Sex Pistols fall apart and John Sivicious uh, goes off solo and um, records an iconic version of My Way, which um, has since become, you know, his uh, signature song. But a lot of it because of the incredible music video where he's on the steps shooting members of the audience, which is recreated really, really faithfully here. And. Um, and the fact that it is the, the the end sequence in goodfellas uh it will forever be associated with that in goodfellas it's the music when um the recently departed much beloved ray liotta is eating his egg noodles and tomato ketchup on his um being a schmuck picking up the newspaper from his drive and it's sort of you see joe pesci go and it descends into the Sid Vicious version of My Way, which is a nice, really brilliant moment. Um, this, the second half of the film is just a lot more soulful. It really gets into the characters a lot more uh, and their relationship. And it's often really sad. Um, Nancy Spungen herself um, is, is like... the the, the real problem here is um they they overplayed the punkishness to such a degree it's like any room they walk in they just punch a window and spray graffiti on the walls and it's a little bit over the top i mean you wouldn't let people like that get away with it like they smash up cars in the street for no reason all the time it's like you can't take them anywhere at all and they're just completely antisocial which is has its pluses and its minuses i mean it's missing a lot of what punk was about punk wasn't just about vandalizing property there was a lot more to it and a lot more to john Lydon's, um you know theoretic understanding of of modern life and the music industry and how fake everything was and how anyone could do it and and malcolm mclaren as well a background character pretty much here as well His um that the whole world was a lot more intelligent uh uh, and political than it's given here which is just you know teenagers that would set your car on fire sort of thing um and they're just such an obnoxious pair they're just incapable of not causing trouble wherever they go um and but the the second half it really opens up the characters into being um a lot more sort of relatable she has this whole scene with her parents and the wider family at a dinner table which is pretty excruciating but you can see how much of a lost soul she is and she's constantly saying about how they're going to do these things and everything's going to change for the better and and there's a real tragedy to what unfolds and it gets very dark towards the end as well one thing that amazed me the most about this film is um i kept noticing once they've moved to new york that the wasteland of new york in 1985 or whenever this was shot it was in the midst of the worst urban decay it's probably ever been in in the modern era violence and theft and muggings and it was in drug addiction homelessness it was an absolutely horrific place to be um, and the shots of the wasteland of new york and everything i actually made a point of looking at the cinematographer I was remarkably surprised to see it's Roger Deakins, the six or seven-time Oscar-nominated, twice Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning cinematographer Roger Deakins, arguably the greatest cinematographer of the modern era. I was so impressed that that was actually him. Um, it's I thought ultimately very well put together. I thought the cartoonishness of the punk in the first sort of half of the film was a bit overwhelming and i thought oh dear but it was a lot of fun but then it it did broaden out the screenplay into being a much more thoughtful and sad film and a lot more depressing as well but um ultimately i thought it was a really good watch um and gary oldman and um chloe webb in the central pairing are magnificent they're so good in their roles and you do end up with uh, with sympathy for some two of the most obnoxious characters you'll ever see. Uh, even I think you know Gary Oldman is just magnetic in his role. He's often quite quiet, and I wonder if Chloe Webb doesn't steal the film because she's she's so bursting. She's just you know she I've met I've known women like her. Not well, nearly no, not to the same extent, but there's so much sadness inside them and they you know the way that she she's just so she can't handle anything she breaks down at anything she's so brittle and on the surface but she's so like subsumed by this inner sadness and and this um anxiety and depression that she can't shake um i thought the two performances really made this so Sid and Nancy as as flawed as a Baz Luhrmann film but a solid eight out of ten